that. Uh, Christmas shoe boxes. I'm sure there are some extras in the lobby because I looked last. Well, there, are there still boxes back there? Please get a box. Uh, bring those back next Sunday so that we can minister uh, to, to needy children around the world through Samaritan's Purse. Thank you for your participation in that. A couple of families to remember in prayer. Uh, Mr. F Floyd Rivers uh, died this past week. Floyd, very impactful uh, life in our community. So today at 2 o'clock, visitation for Mr. Floyd is here with a funeral service at 3 o'clock. So we are hosting Floyd Rivers' family uh, for that service this afternoon. So let's be in prayer for them. Also, I uh, got word from Tammy Washburn that Nick's mother, Peggy, died this week. So they've had a tough year. Uh, Tammy said it's been a really long week. Her name is Peggy Sicker, S-I-C-H-E-R. Tammy told me that there will not be a service for her. Um, if any of that changes at any point, we will communicate that to our church family. But be in prayer for Tammy and uh, the Sicker family. So today at 5 o'clock, adult choir practice. And at 6 o'clock, children's choir practice, they will begin or have already begun working on their Christmas music. So children, if you're interested at all in participating in that, please show up today at 6. And then youth and adults also at 6 o'clock today in our normal places. Next Sunday evening at 6 o'clock, Macedonia Baptist Church from here in Heard County will worship with us in a special Thanksgiving service. We'll meet in here. So, love to have you next Sunday night at 6. Macedonia's pastor will be preaching, and they will also be leading our music. So that should be uh, a special time together to give thanks to our Lord. Now, we have a special visitor today, a guest preacher, Dr. Richard Bumpers. Richard, will you raise your hand? He'll be preaching in a minute. Yeah, thank you, Glenn Locke, for being hospitable and welcoming. He will also preach at 11, and then after the 11 o'clock service, lead evangelism training in the fellowship hall. There is a meal with that. There's a few empty slots, so see me if you're interested in eating and having evangelism training from Dr. Richard uh, this afternoon, immediately after the 11 o'clock service. So I want to share with you a little bit of background on Dr. Bumpers. He grew up in California. Is he the only one here who grew up in California? I would venture to say so. So welcome, Richard, <laughs> to the South, right? He's been here a very long time, though. I know he went to college in Alabama. Um, he has his doctor of ministry uh, from, I think you said, United Seminary. I met Richard through Bill Grissett. Uh, Bill hosted Richard and J.J. Washington, who's also been here a couple of years ago at a pastor's meeting and uh, so blessed and touched by, by Richard and, and his heart and his ministry. So for five years, he served in Snellville as pastor of Park Place Baptist Church. Then he served for two years as the GBC evangelism consultant and I went through and several other pastors went through uh, some training that Richard has done. In fact, we're still doing some training that Richard helped us initiate on a regular basis. So he's been a blessing to me and other pastors in the West Georgia area. He has a wife, Danielle, and two children, two daughters, 24 and 19. His daughter attends the University of West Georgia. So I think this afternoon he's probably going to stop back by there. Um, he is now serving as the brand new director of missions in the Stone Mountain Baptist Association. So he's their Dan Dockery, okay? Does that make sense? So Richard has a lot on his plate, but uh, about a, I don't know, over a year ago, we were trying to get Richard here. COVID kind of got in the way, so providentially, Richard is with us at this time of transition in his life. So Richard, thank you. We look forward to hearing God's word through you today. Okay, any other prayer requests or announcements as we get started? Because I know I try to cover most everything. I know let's pray for Judy, Miss Lois's daughter. Uh, she's not here today. Anything else? 
All right, let's stand for worship. I'm going to ask Jeff. Jeff Reed, will you pray for us as Catherine comes to lead us? And then after we sing, uh, Dr. Bumpers is going to preach. Amen. Good morning. Let's begin with singing together this morning.
so grateful that uh that you saved my soul and I'd, um, i'm grateful one day that that i'm going to meet you lord and that that i'll bow before you declare you king and i'm so grateful for that that uh that i can call on you any time of day what a good lord and kind god you are and i'm grateful for you and um i pray lord for um this time of worship and i love you and i praise your name these things i ask in the name of jesus amen Well, good morning. It's always good to see smiling faces on a Sunday morning, especially a morning where you had gained an hour of sleep. Amen. I woke up this morning early and I was like, man, I have an extra hour to sleep. So I tried to close my eyes real tight and go to sleep and I couldn't. But I'm grateful for another day. You know, I'm excited about the opportunity to stand before you this morning. You know, one of the things I really love about, um, about doing what I do as, uh, as a consultant, ministry consultant, and now as a uh, director of missions, is that I have the opportunity to connect with pastors. And so when I was working with the Georgia Baptist Mission Board, um, as Pastor Neil said, that I met, uh, we met each other with, through Bill, who's the BCM coordinator at, at, at West Georgia. And one of the things that I really love is connecting with pastors. And I can say this, is that, um, I don't know if we're recording this, but I will go on record in saying that Carrollton Association has some of the greatest pastors. And one of the greatest pastors that I've had the privilege of, of, of knowing and spending time with is Pastor Neil. And I'm not just saying that just because I'm standing here in this church, but there are pastors that have a heart for their people and have a heart for God. And he's one of those, and I really appreciate your love, your compassion, and his welcomeness and his warmth toward me as well. You know, when I uh, started this position, you know, we're, we're trying to figure it out. And then COVID hit. And, you know, we're trying to navigate. But God aligned our hearts, mended our hearts together. And so I'm grateful for just his love, his passion, his commitment to the Lord, first of all, to his family and to his congregation. So let's give God a hand clap of praise for your pastor. Amen. Amen. Well, this morning, if you have your Bibles or your smart devices or PDAs, or as I like to say, a good memory, if you would turn with me to Mark chapter 5, and we're going to begin reading at verse 1 through 4, and then we're going to skip down, and we're going to pick up at verse 15 and conclude at verse 20. Again, that's Mark chapter 5, and we're going to begin reading at verse 1 through 4, and then we're going to skip down to verse 15 and conclude at verse 20. If you can stand, if you will stand for the reading of God's word. Amen. Hear the word of the Lord. Then they came to the other side of the sea at the country of the Gerasenes. And when they had come out of the boat, immediately there met him out of the tomb, a man with an unclean spirit who had been dwelling among the tomb and no one could bind him, not even chains. 
because he had often been bound by shackles and chains, and the chains had pulled apart by him, and the shackles broke in pieces, neither could anyone tame him. Skipping down to verse 15. Then they came to Jesus and saw the one who had been demon-possessed and had the legion sitting and clothed in his right mind, and they were afraid. And those who saw it told how it happened to him who had been demon-possessed and about the swine. Then they began to plead with him, being Jesus, to depart from the region. And when he got into the boat, he who had been demon-possessed begged him that he might be with him. However, Jesus did not permit him, but said to him, Go home to your friends and tell them what great things the Lord has done for you and how he has had compassion on you. In our final verse, And he departed and began to proclaim in Decapolis all that Jesus had done for him. Father, we thank you so much for this wonderful opportunity to share your word. Speak to our hearts this morning, Lord. We desire to hear your voice. We love you and we thank you, and it is in Jesus' name that we do pray. And all of God's children said, amen. amen. Well, you may be seated. Well, this morning, I would like to teach or to preach from this topic, go and tell. Go and tell. There, there are two things that I, I pray that would be accomplished this morning. Number one is that as we hear this message, that you would be encouraged by those who are Jesus followers to be more intentional about following and sharing your faith with others. And also, the second thing is that I hope that this message encouraged, encouraged those who do not follow Jesus that tonight, today, this opportunity this morning, that you would decide to become Jesus followers. This morning, there, there are three points that I believe that the Lord wants us to to see in this particular text. Number one, that Jesus will restore our past. Jesus will restore our past. Number two is that Jesus wants us to understand our purpose. Jesus wants us to understand our purpose. And thirdly, Jesus wants to define our proclamation. Jesus wants to define our proclamation. The background of this, this particular text is that when Jesus and the disciples landed on the other side, they encountered two demon-possessed men according to Matthew chapter 8. But this one specifically stood out who was especially vocal. The entire scene seems very uncommon or unreal to those of us who live in a so-called modern civilization. But I would not be challenged to think that this still happens today. Demon possession still is prevalent in today's society. The difference is a lot of times we choose to ignore it because it's very uncomfortable for us. But there are three different forces that are working in this particular text. The first we see Satan and what he can do to his people. Satan is a thief. And those who he desires to come after, he will take over and control. Jesus says in John 10.10, but the thief comes but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But the joy in that is that, but Jesus says, I have come that you may have life and have life to the full. When we think about what this man, this legion, this demon-possessed individual had, he lost it. He lost potentially his, his family, he lost his friends, he lost his decency and his dignity, and he also lost his peace and his purpose for living. I would be reminded to remember that we as individuals could be in the same situation if we do not totally surrender ourselves or allow Jesus to take control of our lives. The second force that's at work is society. All that society can do for problem people is to isolate them and act like it doesn't exist. Society can't cope with problems that are sin-related. Only thing society can do is push people to the side, 
come up with their own opinions of how to deal with it. But when it comes to sin, society can't handle problems that are designed and are in, 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 in intentional about having sin that has taken over our lives. The third force, which is the most important, is that of a savior. The beautiful part of the story is that even in this man's worst condition, Jesus loved him. What other people were afraid of, Jesus was drawn to. And what people didn't understand, Jesus embraced. And in these three things that we see, Jesus loved this man in the midst of his condition. Even though people were afraid of this demon-possessed man, Jesus was drawn to him. His story was told that no one wanted to have any contact with him. They were afraid of him because of what he had done and what they've seen him do. But Jesus loved him in the midst of. When we look at ourselves and we look at where we all have come from, there's no one perfect, no, not one. For we're all sinners saved by grace. But in the midst of where we were, in the midst of what Jesus arrested and saved us from, he still loves us. The beautiful part about this is that even in our worst condition, or even in your worst condition, Jesus still loves you. Been married for 25 years. One of the things I, 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 I and, 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 as, and as a spouse, many of you can, can identify with this. We see each other as spouses in our worst condition in the mornings. Breaths smelling, hair all over the place, sweating. But in the midst of even in seeing each other in the morning, in our worst condition, we still love each other. When Jesus looks at us, we don't have to have it all together. We don't have to go and dress up. We don't have to go put makeup on. We don't have to perfume ourselves. All we have to do is come to Jesus simply how we are. But the beautiful part about it is that in the midst of where we are, in the midst of this man's life, Jesus wanted to restore his past. God assures his people restoration. He promised health of restoration in Jeremiah 30 and 17 where he says, But I will restore you to health and heal your wounds, declare the Lord, because you are called out an outcast. In verse 5, we see this man who was demon-possessed. People saw a crazy man. But when Jesus saw was a man that was created for a purpose. Our past doesn't determine our outcome. And what people saw, they didn't understand. But what Jesus saw was a man who needed help. This man's life was once controlled by many evil powers. But as we look at our own lives, what have we allowed in to cause us to be possessed by things? Whether we're possessed by our jobs, whether we're possessed by our money, whether we're possessed by our toys, our children, if we're not careful, we can allow things to possess our lives. At the same point in our lives, we all, or we continue to deal with sin every single day. But the difference is that we have a decision to decide whether the sin will control our lives or if we would surrender or yield to sin. How do I know this to be true? In Romans 3 and 20, 23, it says, For all have sinned and have fallen short of the glory of God. In other words, we all have been controlled by sin at some point in our lives. We all have seen crazy people or know crazy people. As a matter of fact, if I were to ask you how many of you know crazy people, don't raise your hand or don't look to the side because the person that you're probably sitting next to, you probably thought of crazy as well. But we all know crazy people. Do we engage with them? Do we love them? 
do we see them through the lens of God? Or do we categorize them by what they are, their condition? I love how Jesus saw this man. Wounded, hurting, lost. Wherever other people casted him aside, Jesus embraced them. I'm so grateful that where other people saw me as lost, a threat, dangerous, didn't understand me, Jesus loved me. Jesus looked past what I am and saw who I'm going to be. In our lives, we have to look at people, not in their current condition, but in the condition by which Jesus has a purpose for their lives. Jesus wants to restore our past. The second thing Jesus wants to do is help us to understand our purpose. In verse 18, it says, so as Jesus got into the boat, he who had been demon possessed begged him that he might be with him. However, Jesus did not permit him, but said to him, go home to your friends and tell them what great things the Lord has done for you and how he has had compassion on you. He says, go to your friends. And tell them what great things the Lord has done for you and how he has had compassion on you. Oftentimes, when it's so easy for us to tell you to leave here and to go share your story, to go be a witness, to share the gospel with other people. And a lot of times we are fearful because of what we feel we lack. Sometimes we may feel as though we're inadequate because we don't know the Bible like we're supposed to. We may feel like the 66 books of the Bible, I haven't gone through seminary or Bible college or, or been in Sunday school long enough. But the beautiful thing about it is that it's not based off of what you know, but more so about what you've experienced of what you know. This man's life was radically changed because of his encounter with Jesus. Other people were afraid of him. But the Bible says that he was sitting clothed in his right mind because he encountered Jesus for himself. There are people that we come in contact with that if we understand that if they would encounter Jesus the same way that this man encountered Jesus, that their lives will be radically changed. But it takes us to help them understand the love that Jesus has for them. Even in their darkest moment, Jesus still loves them. And he has a plan and he has a purpose. This man was clothed in his right mind where other people saw this man who was crazy. Jesus saw a man who was whole. But as he restored him, he was given a purpose. It says, Jesus told him to go to your friends and tell them what great things the Lord has done for you and how he has had compassion on you. That's our story, folks. That, that is what Jesus desires us to do. He desires us to go He desires us to go and to tell what marvelous things he has done for us. We're not talking about things that have happened five years ago. We're not talking about things that happened two years ago. We can attest and testify to what Jesus has done for us now. And there are people Am I? Amen. Is this good? It is our responsibility to go tell people what Jesus has done for us now. Go and tell. It's not just 
Pastor Neil's responsibility. It's not just his responsibility, but it's all of our responsibilities to go and share what marvelous things the Lord has done for us. Every single opportunity that we have, it is incumbent upon us to go and share. Now, you may say that I don't share because I don't want to offend or I don't want to get tired and bogged down or I don't have time. Well, let me help you understand something. The gospel is worth your time, your story, and your commitment. Go and tell your friends. The third thing Jesus helps us to understand and understanding that he wants to restore our past and that he wants us to understand our purpose. The third thing is that he wants to help us define our proclamation. To define our proclamation. Very simple application. As Jesus was leaving, the demon-possessed man who was once demon-possessed went to Jesus and begged that he might go with him. But Jesus said no. He gave him clear instructions of what to do. The beautiful part about it is that all of us have a clear proclamation of what we're supposed to do. Number one, to go. Matthew 28, 19, 20, Jesus says, all authority on heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go and baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things I've commanded you, and lo, I'm with you always until the end of the age. The proclamation is not just for the disciples. The proclamation is for us as individuals who are disciples today. As Jesus followers, it is our responsibility to take that message of a life-changing experience that we've had and to share it with everybody and anybody who will listen. Jesus told them to go to your friends, go to your home, and tell them what marvelous things he has done for you and how he has had compassion on you. When we help people understand that the love of Jesus extends beyond what you can ever imagine that is horrible that you have experienced in your life. When you help people understand that even in your darkness, Jesus still loves you. That even in your toughest times, Jesus still loves you. That even when you feel unlovable and have lost hope, Jesus still loves you. People are desiring for truth. It is important that we share the truth with those individuals who we know and who we don't know. Jesus wants to define our proclamation. By definition, a proclamation is our official announcement of a matter of importance. One of the hardest things as followers of Jesus to do is to share or make our proclamation an official announcement a matter of importance to our friends, to our families, because we want to maintain the relationship. We don't want to offend. We don't want to be considered as the holy roller or the one, here they go again. But if Jesus has done something for you, it is incumbent upon us to make sure that we share and we tell what Jesus has done for you. We've come out of, or coming out of this COVID. COVID has affected so many families. It has emotionally drained many of us. If it had not been for our faith, 
many of us would have had a nervous breakdown. If we didn't commit ourselves to prayer, intentional fellowship, whether it's through Zoom or conversation, if we didn't maintain our understanding of who Jesus is in our lives, we would have lost our minds. But there are people out there that didn't have that hope. There are people out there that still don't have that hope, but we have the answer. And that proclamation is that of Jesus Christ, him being crucified, him being raised from the dead, and now sitting at right hand of God the Father Almighty that we may have access to eternal life. This man begged Jesus that he might go with him. But Jesus told him to know, I need for you to stay. When we are saved, we're not saved for ourselves. We're saved for others. We're, we're saved because God wants to use us as vessels, as instruments to go and share with other people. It is not just enough for us to accept Jesus as our personal Lord and Savior so that our names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life, but it's important for us as individuals to take the message that we have experienced, the love, the joy, the peace, the encouragement that, we've, that we have experienced from Jesus and share with other people. Jesus told him to go. And the man did exactly what Jesus told him to do. He went to the capitalists and began to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. Many of us, our Decapolis, our communities, our homes, our jobs, our friends, where we work, where we live, where we play. Where are you going to go today, marking the day? to go and tell what Jesus has done for you? How are you going to express your experience with Jesus firsthand? How are you going to go and encounter and enact with people who other people may think are crazy to be able to experience the amazing love of Jesus Christ? If there's anything that I can give to you this morning is this. We have to be intentional about sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ every opportunity we get. It is incumbent upon you, again, it's not just the pastor's responsibility. It's not just the deacon's responsibility. It's all of our responsibility. To take the gospel of Jesus Christ, not just overseas, but across the street in our society, in our schools, in our state, to be able to share what Jesus has done for you. Think about where you were and how the Lord has brought you out today. How he has had compassion on you. How he has loved you. That story has to be told. My brothers and my sisters, and I say this with great joy, go and tell. Go and tell whoever will listen and dare to tell those who act like they're not listening. Why? It is the gospel of Jesus Christ that saves. Not our words, not what we've done, but it's us being obedient to God's word and sharing his message for us to go and tell. Will you pray with me? Father, thank you for who you are in our lives. Father, we know that you have saved us for a purpose. God, you said in your word that it's your desire that all men be saved and come into the knowledge of Jesus Christ, into the knowledge of truth. 
And Father, if, if that is your desire, Father, I pray that you would use us to fulfill that desire, that we won't sit on what we know, but that we'll be intentional to share who we know. Jesus Christ, our personal Lord and Savior. Father, I pray that those of us who are sitting here who are Jesus followers, God, that today we would be more intentional about sharing our story. But Father, even more so, I pray that if there are those in here today that have not accepted you as their personal Lord and Savior, that today will be the day that they will surrender their lives to you. This morning, while your heads are bowed, I want you to ask yourself a question, which is the most important question that we can even ask ourselves. Have I totally surrendered my life to Jesus Christ by inviting him to be my personal Lord and Savior? If the answer is no, and I've been affiliated with church, but I really haven't surrendered, my encouragement to you this morning is that you would pray this prayer with me. And simply, simply by saying, Lord, I'm a sinner in need of a savior. I accept you, Jesus, as my personal Lord and Savior. Come into my heart and be the Lord of my life. Lord, use me as an instrument to be a voice for you. The Bible says if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will saved for whoever believes in him will not be put to shame for whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved if you prayed that prayer for the first time today we want to say welcome let your pastor know let pastor Neil know let one of the leadership know let that be the beginning of your story to go and tell the same way that Jesus changed Legion's life is the same way that he's changed our lives for us to go and tell what marvelous things he has done for us. Father, we love you and we thank you. And it is in Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Please stand. If you prayed that prayer for the first time this morning, what a great time and place to share that. Because it's one of the things that we can do while we
Is anybody else singing Go Tell It on the Mountain during that service in their head? <laughs> oh, well, because we're going to sing it as our benediction, because I did. And believe it or not, we're only two Sundays away from starting Advent, too. Um, so as our benediction, we're going to sing the chorus of Go Tell It on the Mountain. Go tell it on the mountain, over the hills and everywhere. Go tell it on the mountain. That Jesus Christ is born. You have a great week. I hope to see most of you back at five.